Hello, welcome to the Gentleman Makers Shedcast, episode 33. This is Friday, October the 15th, 2021. What a week. Well, always a week. Saturday, grabbed Adam, usual thing, early morning. Uh, popped up to visit my mum up in Bexley Heath. We didn't do anything other than rescue a large mirror that I bought many years ago uh, in pieces, really nasty frame. Uh, we wanted that home here, so we put that in the car, came back via some shops, did a bit of shopping, and came back and uh, reassembled the mirror in its nasty frame. It's pine, cheap, nasty, moulded pine, and, and one one edge of it, one horizontal edge, is a, a different moulding to the other three. It's quite peculiar, but there you go. And it's got a bit of green paint splashed on it, uh, but it, it fits in the lounge perfectly in terms of style. That's hanging. Didn't take very long to do. Uh, very nice it looks too. It's, the idea is we're, we've got mirrors up in the lounge now for bouncing more light around through the window to help with all the indoor plants that Nick is cultivating. It's a, a veritable jungly forest in there now. If you can have a jungly forest, it's either or, or a combination of the two. Hello, Charlie. Charlie wants to play with his ball. He likes me throwing it down the stairs for him. <laughs> it sounds like someone's dropped a wardrobe when he chases down to catch it, but there we go. So, Sunday. Sunday was a, a day where I'd intended to do one single thing, which was to make the first drawer, a sample drawer, for a wheeled cabinet in the shed, in the workshop. Uh, so I didn't get to do that, of course. We did, however, make a fantastic apple cake. I'm still refining the recipe. It's something that we'd seen on Instagram. Uh, I tried it the way they said, and now we're going to refine it to make it the way we like it. That's right. Yeah, Charlie. Come on, Charlie. Very nice. Anyway, I used tinned apple for this one. I know. I know. Should have used fresh. Uh, and it sank to the bottom of the cake mix when it was in the oven. But then you knew that was going to happen. I'm sure I knew that was going to happen, and I let it happen. We'll use fresh apple next time. It won't be so heavy. Or waterlogged, etc. Because the tinned apple came in in some jollop. <laughs> I threw away. Didn't want that. And we did notice on Saturday night that Adam was sat here looking glum and not glued to his Chromebook, as he so often is. Whilst he never tells you when something's wrong, I did wheedle out of him that his Chromebook wasn't working. The screen had gone funny. So we took that to pieces and uh, fixed it. The first thing we tried was the just the ribbon cable that connects the screen and took that out and put it back in again, etc. a couple of times. Noticed when you, apparently when you squeezed on the uh, connector for the, the camera at the top of the screen, the screen came back, but that was pure fluke, it turned out. Anyway, we disconnected all the cables, etc. Cleaned all the connections with isopropyl alcohol, blew it all out with the air gun, uh, filthy inside, and um, eventually we rescued it. We had to reinstall Chrome OS, it decided to um, grenade itself in the process. Hello Charlie, you got your ball again? I'm not throwing it from here, I'm busy talking to a microphone. If this is a microphone, what's a regular sized one? Uh, <laughs> it was that. And, uh, we were sat there, we had our, our dinner, made a shepherd's pie, and we sat there watching a bit of telly, having eaten dinner, and, and Adam said, Oh look, there's a mouse. And sure enough, a mouse, quite a large brown mouse, not a rat, definitely a mouse, had wandered in through the lounge window, which was open slightly, let some air in. It climbed up the outside, we've got plants outside up the wall as well, and in through the window, and amongst all the potted plants on the windowsill. <laughs> so I got up to try and usher the mouse out before Charlie saw it, and it, it saw me and ran outside, of course, I pulled the window to. Fancy that, a mouse coming in through the window, there we go. Monday adventures began. We were going to be moving my friend Jeff from East Sussex down to Dorset. So 
Adam and I popped over to um, near Tenterden to pick up a transit Luton van. We drove it over to Jeff's house, Jeff's farm, and filled it up with stuff right to the back door, carefully, well loaded. Oh, it was well loaded. And uh, we set off for Dorset via the fleet services where we stopped for a sandwich. Pre-made, we took cheese sandwiches with our own homemade bread, very nice too, and some more of that apple cake, which amounted to quite a lot of the weight of the van, I think. <laughs> you walk a few inches shorter when you've had some of that apple cake. Yeah, we, we rendezvoused with Jeff there. There's no point trying to keep in convoy. We're in a transit van and he's in his um, fast saloon car, estate car even, one of about 300,000 grey BMWs that passed us on the road. That's how it seems to be. They all look the same, don't they? Uh, anyway, and then we arrived down in Dorset a few hours later and unloaded in, into uh, not not a house he's bought, but one he's renting, which happens to be right next door to the one he's bought. Uh, he's just in, in the rental one for a few weeks until the one he's bought goes through, etc. Very nice too. Lovely, lovely environment. Nice and quiet. So we, we did that, had a cup of tea, said goodbye to Jeff, and we drove back the same day. So door sitting back in the day, including all the unloading and loading, etc. That was all right. We were home by 10 o'clock. Would have been home a bit quicker, where, had it not been for the A21 being shut on our route back, we had to uh, divert through Seven Oaks. Seven Oaks. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. That's why we were late, Charlie. He doesn't care, does he? No. Tuesday, of course, we were a little bit tired, although Adam just said he was only slightly tired. But I could tell I was running out of of uh, oomph, or the measurement of spoons, if you're familiar with that one. So I took him home in the afternoon uh, and um, popped back. And didn't do a great deal Tuesday afternoon, the, the evening rather. Wednesday, I actually did the thing I'd set out to do on Sunday, which was I made the first draw for the mobile tool cupboard. Uh, it, under it, The tool cupboard has the bandsaw on top of it, so there's a void in this box underneath. So I made that draw, that worked really well. Uh, all the, um, what did I put in that? Spanners, I put spanners in that, that's right. So I've sorted all my spanners out from the blue plastic box on the floor to a nice drawer. And whilst I'm not ordering them, it seems irrelevant. It's only about 60 mil deep. I can find them all in there. And uh, there's more to make, and I've changed the design a bit to give myself a little more drawer space. And what day is it? It's Friday today, so yesterday, Thursday, I did make the second drawer with a slight tweak to the design and that now contains all of my socket wrenches um, yes extension bars socket wrenches etc what are they called ratchet I've, I can't remember stuff <laughs> but they're all in there that's in another drawer and if you've ever followed me on Instagram you'll notice a long time ago I made some wooden trays for all of my various sockets uh, quarter inch little square drive, quarter inch, three-eighth, and half inch in metric and imperial, etc. And they don't fit the drawer, because I made them out of 18mm ply, with laser cut insets for the sockets to fit through. Anyway, I'm redesigning those. I'll be using make case, Maker Case to give me the files. I'll then laser cut some more smaller, slimmer boxes designed to fit in the drawer. I'm 95% of the way through that process. I'll get those cut over the weekend if I'm really lucky. We're Friday now, yeah it is Friday, yes. <laughs> also yesterday I, I wrote a spec for a website for the shop for Made by Kent because we thought we might as well have a website and help champion our fantastic voluntary run uh, craft shop and have a place to 
direct people to for a good look-see before they physically visit the shop, or possibly, if we can do it, buy online from a limited selection of, of goods. I don't think we could do everything, crikey. Because we host all the products from 50 different makers, we don't know what's coming or how many there are of a thing, so it would be very difficult to list everything. But I, I think we can certainly host five things from every maker, potentially. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Charlie's in and out like a like a, like a a dog going in and out of a room. Yeah. <laughs> no analogies required. That's what it is. Topic. I'm just going to sit back because I have no notes. They're all in my head. Come on, microphone. Why is that? Now it's sinking. This microphone stand. I've had it. I did for years. It drives me nuts. Is that better? It kept swinging away from my face. I'm going to break it down, use elements of it uh, to mount it on the desk so I don't have to have the, the tripod. That would be better. Um, yeah, topic. Coffee time. Hang on. I nearly echoed the topic from Maker's Waffle from last week where they spoke to three makers that they've had on before and they were talking about how, we'll say ladies, girls, etc., makers on Instagram, YouTube, etc. are marginalised because of their sex. But I'm not going to follow that topic because I'm, I'm in the demographic that is, is the worst offender, apparently. I'm, I'm, um, I'm a morb. I've made this one up. Uh, Middle-aged with beard. <laughs> and we are the worst, apparently. So I, I'm speaking from my point of view, and you know, I'm, I'm older than Andy. He's a young man to me by a couple of years, I think. But we are we are the worst to speak on this subject. But it was a, a very interesting listen, and and I think if you're interested, or even if you're not interested, you should go and have a listen and, and hear a point of view that is different to your own. I suspect. Now I was prompted to change by a, a, a program we had on in the background the other day that, that we then both focused on, which was Sir David Attenborough and Prince William, our future king, talking about the Earth shot, and looking at how the planet has changed and what we can and can't do, etc. And how people around the world are trying to do things that will benefit society and the planet as a whole. Which made me think, well, we, we are, we're not the greenest in the world here, I, I can say that for certain. And we have had the house insulated, well the, the landlord had the house insulated a few months ago. It's got cavity walls, so they came and pumped in millions of little polystyrene beads into that two-inch cavity, which, I mean, it's 15th of October, it's not the warmest day, and I'm in T-shirt, and I feel very warm. We don't have the heating on. Uh, we are not really advocates of having the heating on unnecessarily. It's perfectly comfortable. And, you know, Nick knits. If I'm chilly, she'll say, well, go and put one of your jumpers on then. And she's quite right. I am wearing a pair of slippers that she knitted me. They're fresh on yesterday. They're fantastic. So very, very warm and soft. Oh, they're lovely. She'll be making those for sale soon, I think. That's her plan. The, the television program highlighted just the vast quantities of waste. When I think back to my childhood, we had far less waste. You know, we had one dustbin, which they're called dustbins because they were used for putting the ash from your fire in, or the dust. And that was it. That was all they were meant for. The metal bin to contain the, the uh, cold ashes for the, the dust men to come and collect. And did you know that certainly from London, uh, vast 
quantities of fire ash were shipped by barge down the Thames to Faversham, up Faversham Creek, Faversham on the North Kent coast, if you're not familiar with this part of the world, where there were brickworks. And the ash, I think still is, actually used in the manufacture of bricks. It gives them a, a toughness. So there we go. There's a quick history of, of fireplace ash. <laughs> Back to the dustbins. Yeah, we, we just had one round. Um, even then it was rubber-lidded, thanks to the Noise Abatement Society. We won't go down that avenue now. We, we'll be off on tangents all over the place. Yeah, rubber-lidded. 11.36. That's all right. I'm in the shop this afternoon. It's Friday. I'm doing doing Friday afternoon in the shop. I'm just keeping an eye on the time. I've got to run down the shed and grab a hot glue gun before I go. A film from around the world showing huge quantities of rubbish and ocean-borne junk. It's it's horrendous, and we are completely responsible for this. We have such a, a consumerist outlook, and you know, once you've put it in your bin, if you've even rinsed it out and put it in the correct bin, you forget it. And most people, they don't think it's their problem. I've met so many people that, that have the wrong attitude, that, that what can I do about the, the environment, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, there's an awful lot you can do about the environment. I won't stray into the topic of electric cars. Don't buy one. I'm not going to go there. Not yet. And it's mostly about consumerism, isn't it? Desire. There are. It's media-driven. It's society-driven. There's this Western way of looking at things that you you work, you work hard, and you acquire. You have to have bigger, better, faster, shinier, more expensive, and that is a consumerism. At its worst, we don't buy what we need, we buy what we want, and we throw away what's left. I'm, I'm sure David Attenborough stated that a third of the food we produce in the world is discarded, which is horrific. Again, when I was a small person, we didn't have food waste bins, it went on the compost, mum used it in the garden. And this was the 70s, of course, and everybody wanted to emulate the good life. So we grew vegetables, and mum still does. She grows runner beans, or string beans, as I call them, because you could tie your shoelaces with some of the strings that come out of her beans. <laughs> Sorry, mother. <laughs> I've never cared for the, the runner bean particularly because of childhood memories of getting the string down the throat, which makes... Oh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> but the, the thought of all this, this food going to waste and restaurants that bin so much, and we... As a couple here, we've reduced the amount of food we eat. We, we don't throw a great deal away at all. You know? We um, obviously eat banana skins, we don't eat those. For instance, we don't eat potato peelings. Uh, the guinea pig gets some surplus fruits and vegetables that are okay for guinea pigs to eat. He loves all that. He loves broccoli, although we can't have too much of it. Hey, Charlie. He doesn't like leeks. <laughs> Gave him a... a few bits of leek a few weeks ago and no he didn't like that too peppery I think for the poor guinea pig but he does eat peppers which is bizarre but there we go we've even bought smaller breakfast bowls so that we have we, we're on the the uh, the idea that you eat little and often so we have smaller breakfast bowls we've got smaller than regular dinner plates they're a good few inches smaller but I think with a regular plate especially when I cook I tend to tend to cook too much sometimes um you dish it up and it, it looks daunting, you have a mountain, but you think, oh, I'll eat that. But actually you're, you're eating more than you need to eat, 
and I suppose consuming it is better than putting it in the bin, although it, it gets turned into waste one way or the other. The, the volume of packaging, even us, I mean, we, we, we buy fruit and veg from the farm shop, so there is no packaging. We walk up there with our cloth tote bag, buy the things that go in the bag, and we walk home and, and use them, so the peelings go in the food bin. Although I have a desire, once I understand a little more about the science of it, to build myself compost in the garden, because now Nick's doing lots of planting, uh, house plants, etc., uh, it would be better to create our own compost rather than buying it because you've got the plastic bag and the, the shipping and blah 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 you know all the all the waste that goes into the creation of a bag of compost so we're going to going to be doing that making our own compost I'm still using the regular flushing toilet I'm not going that far <laughs> but as, as a society we need to reduce now, even on the news last night there was a another panic story I wish the BBC would report actual news that um, there might not be enough toys at Christmas which is going to create panic buying now and it, it's I've, I've never really enjoyed Christmas and only recently have I started really getting a handle on on it I used to work in in advertising and marketing in the 80s where we produced packaging for toys that were ready for Christmas etc and Christmas advertising in all July August that kind of turns you off a bit you know and now I'm back in, in, in retail with the shop, etc. I have to be aware that Christmas starts now. <laughs> it's not just one single day in December. Guess it then. He's dropped his ball on my sock. I've got all the sockets up here so I can measure them, make sure the trays are bang on. And there's this expectation that society should rush out and, and buy a thousand pounds worth of toys for little Johnny so he has a good day at Christmas. We had reasonable Christmases when I was a child. and We put our pillowcases out on our beds at night and woke up to find this is true we did we'd get an orange or a satsuma and i'd be thrilled to find a matchbox car in its little box and what have i got what's the car i had the catalog the little a5 or a6 catalog i don't remember now a5 i think it was yeah uh, <laughs> and and you'd get an annual from your favorite comic which would tide you over until mum and dad got up and then we'd have breakfast ordinary regular breakfast no no salmon and champagne etc just you know, cereal or porridge. We had porridge today, all lovely. But we have, we have, we, as a society, we gorge ourselves on goods that we do not need. And this, this thought is also prompted by moving Jeff from a, a, a multi-acre farm where he was, had to look after not only the house, a single-story house, but the land. He had to, you know, he had to own a tractor so he could mow the grasses of the fields that he it rent out to sheep farmers and he made hay and he had to maintain the tractor and farm buildings and accessories and he had stables and a, a, a giant barn which his, his wife used as a, a sand school for horses and, and then dog training and he's he had a workshop where he worked on his cars his motorbike or made things it was lovely cute huge big big enough to get two cars in it etc and now he's gone down to uh, a much much smaller building he's on his own now much smaller building and it sort of focuses the mind on on only allowing space for the things you're really interested in i said to him you know, if, if this was me i'd i'd be quite happy to discard all the things i own and just have this smaller space and go back to doing something i really liked which was making models model plastic modeling you know painting and building etc i loved it i've still got unmade kits here but i 
I must get back to that. <laughs> but I've had so many interests and so many hobbies that over the years I've built up such a vast stash of stuff. It's it's almost embarrassing. But whilst I can use it all, mostly for fixing things and making things that we need, I can sort of justify owning it all for that. Uh, I don't really need a 3D printer. I don't really need a mixer and a microphone. These are just things to help me do this. You know, it's when you look at your your possessions. Oh, we got so many of this stuff up in the loft. It's as a society we've we've got to stop consuming or making the things that we do buy last longer, make better use of them. We've got two cars out there, the MX-5, which is Nick's, which we don't use very often. But now I'm at the point where it's it's better to keep it and maintain it so that it does work rather than sell it so we don't have it because it might just get crushed and that seems like a waste of energy in the creation of it. And we, we're doing our very best to purchase less plastic. Although the plastic that we do buy, we try and get recyclables. But even then, it, it seems like this whole recycling industry has grown up to take care of all the, the excess plastics that we create that we don't need in the first place. Go to the supermarket, you buy apples, they don't need to be in a plastic container. Why do, why do they need to be in a plastic container? Anyone know? No, they don't. We, we need to go back 30 or 40 years to the way we bought goods of that nature. You go to the, um, the what would you call it, the grocers, I suppose? Um, there is a word, I can't remember anyway. With your containers, and he'd scoop out X amount of flour for you, for instance, you, in, in the tin you took with you, rather than buying it in a packet. All right, it's paper, and it can be recycled, but why make it in the first place? That's that's the thing. Why? I know it's all for convenience, but we need to say, enough of this. Let's stop making it so convenient and go back to a better way of dealing with goods of this nature. And so what if you can't buy your favourite Guatemalan grown whatever fruit every day of the week. Never even heard of them 20 years ago. And we were quite happy in our ignorance. We're so used to be able to, to especially with the internet, to, to go online and say, oh, look, I've found this. Isn't it fantastic? It'll be here tomorrow from China where it's been made in a giant factory in the manufacturing district that only makes small yellow plastic things uh, with an S on them. You know, <laughs> China's like that, the, the, the manufacturer, and, and some areas of India. I am told, I've not been there, but it, it's, obviously we can't just flick the switch and, and not have all this stuff. I used to work for a company that sold imported electronics for use in commercial vehicles, and, and it was all, in the main, piles of plastic tap, masquerading under the guise of um, important for road safety. <laughs> a lot of plastic, um, a lot of packaging, but the, the company was about growth and expansion all the time rather than focusing on being really good at a few things it, it spread its net too far and that that seems to be the the way of things you've got to keep expanding always more 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 increase your sales take on more people sell more stuff why why is that necessary do you always have to run ahead of not being able to keep up does that make sense that doesn't make sense does it no, if if you stop expanding do you, do you stagnate? Do you, do you have to close? I don't know why this, this constant need to acquire more is so prevalent. In the craft shop that we run, we have around 50 makers off the top of my head. 
and we sell their goods. But the shop is full. We can't have more makers. We could find a, a bigger shop. We could put a Hobbycraft sign out the front and have 20 shops. But you can lose touch, I think, from the original idea. And rather than be comfortable in that and be happy with your lot, I guess, and to um, see and understand your boundaries, there is too much expansion. I'm not an expansionist. If, if that's the term, is that a term? He doesn't know. He's a dog. I'm very. I'm a, a, a lifelong fan of the Wombles, and I read Stick of the Dump when I was small, and and uh, I think Tim Sway is brilliant, keeping keeping things out of landfill, reusing things that uh, other people view as as rubbish. I remember once I had a, a piece of old wooden window frame, and to most people it looked just tatty and and ready for the bin. Why would you want to do anything with that? So I cleaned it, stripped all the paint and the varnish off and, and sanded it and shaped it and made a canjo, which is a, a stick with a bean tin at one end and some nail frets along the fretboard of a thing of a guitar and a, a single guitar string going through. Or did I make it two string? I don't remember now. Going through it. And um, you could play the strings and the can amplified that, gave it, gave it reverberation as an instrument. And it was beautiful looking. The wood came up fantastically and, and had a good polish on it. And you'd have never have known it was the same piece of wood. But it's 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 utilising the things that we've already used and perhaps no longer want in a new way, a better way. And we don't upcycle. That's a, I don't. That's a, oh that gets my goat. Making up new terms for things that already have descriptive words. I reused it. It's second hand. It's not pre loved. <laughs> it's just. I, uh, could you imagine meeting a girl and she introduced herself as, hello, if she spoke like that? Hello, my name is uh, Annabelle. I'm pre loved. <laughs> no, it doesn't work, does it? She's not second hand either. Poor old Annabelle, I'm doing her a disservice. Hello, Annabelle, you're lovely. Would you like to go for a meal? That's the way it does work. <laughs> I don't know anyone called Annabelle, actually. Yeah, reusing stuff rather than just binning it. You see the mountains and mountains of, of plastic rubbish of computer cases, etc., etc. And it's just bonkers. I know things like that, they, they have a shelf life there, an improvement comes, etc., etc., etc. But I'm, I'm still using, I'm not a good example necessarily, I'm still using a, a, a Mac that was made many years ago. It works fine. I don't have a problem with it. It's the new technology that has a problem with the old Mac. <laughs> Where are we going? It's 32 minutes. I'm going to have to stop and edit this because I need to put my um, shoesies on and get myself down to the shop via the shed where I need to pick up my hot glue gun, etc. I've come to a sort of a rambling petering out here, haven't I? Uh, stop wasting stuff. Don't buy plastic if you can help it. You can always help it. You don't need to spend a fortune on your children's toys. Buy them a... a couple of sheets of drawing paper and some nice pencils give them a lifelong interest rather than something to keep them quiet whilst you do what you want to do it'll still keep them quiet whilst you do something that you want to do but they'll be doing it out of choice rather than because they've been told to go and play in their rooms etc buy them a matchbox car gosh i had an entire universe in my head with my matchbox toys and my um, plastic airplanes that i'd made my airfix and matchbox airplanes ah Oh, I want to make another one now. <laughs> That'd be much easier than trying to design it 
3D print, CNC, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I've, I've got to go. I'll edit this down and, and release it soon. We'll come back to this. This is never going to die, this topic, is it? Anyway, go and listen to Maker's Waffle. That's a good listen. And uh, then come back soon and let me know your thoughts. Take care, everyone. Have a good weekend. Bye for now. Thank <laughs> you.